it's been a week of fascinating cricket it's been absolutely riveting to watch and no we are not talking about uh, the sri lanka new zealand series or the bangladesh ireland series summer is finally here and the indian premier league has finally kicked off uh, crowds are back at the stadium and to celebrate this podcast too is being recorded in person for the first time since the start of the pandemic uh, welcome to espn cricket info stump mic i'm your host kaustub uh, we have commentator and former india cricketer sanjay manjrekar with us uh, hello sanjay so how hi, are you feeling hi. good good here. great to be here uh, along with us uh, will be vishal dikshit and matt roller who will also share their thoughts on the ipl so just to kick things off i would say that like it's been fun to watch we had a lot of interesting uh, performances dhoni 6 comes to mind for example it just blew our minds but overall the results have been very one sided so far it feels like there's still some hangover from the bilateral series that have taken place uh, all this while so and as i say that vishal is already shaking his head <laughs> yeah. i couldn't have disagreed more you know <laughs> from bilaterals we've seen a number of things but let me throw a few names ms dhoni who we see only once a year now and look at his sixes he's not been playing this like this for a while kyle mayers who's making his ipl debut the two innings only we have seen so far and mark woods effectively also making his ipl debut and he took a 5-4 straight away so i am not complaining at all about lack of interest or excitement or anything it's been great so far the first week sanjay i'm guessing you agree with him yeah i tend yeah. to agree uh, you're right about not too many close finishes you get every alternate match is a close finish in t20 cricket that hasn't happened and what you said in test cricket i mean england new zealand after that uh, sri lanka new zealand now that happens once or twice in a century i mean that was brilliant what happens kane williamson as well you know what he did so that is something that will stay with us longer t20 matches we tend to forget after 48 hours but i'm with vishal it's been very good uh, purely because of the quality of performances of individuals maybe teams while they haven't competed well there have been some very disappointing performances they have not been close finishes but he mentioned a few names there i'm going to add ruturaj gaikwad in the mix yashasvi jaiswal butler has uh, got going instantly so yes some quality performances i'm not remembering three or four other names with bowlers and batters rashid khan is back to business so yes uh, and the pitch conditions have been pretty good good for batting won't stay for long and that way you'll start getting your close finishes maybe i think that's actually one of the key things when you mention pitches there is the fact that we're returning to home and away for the first time since 2019 and i think that's really brought quite a lot of color and a lot of flavor to the tournament that at times it might have lacked at a points over the last 3 years because even sort of looking on from afar you see you know the tournament changes so much from venue to venue not just in terms of pitches but in terms of crowds and atmospheres as well so you know you look at that game at chinaswami on uh, saturday night sure you didn't have the, the tightest finish by any means but you had you know a young indian player in tilak varma playing a, a phenomenal innings looking like he's come on a long way from last year and even though mi lost comfortably that was something for them to take away but then also you know the return of virat kohli to the chinaswami stadium after however many years it's been that he's not played in front of an rcb home crowd i think since may 2019 would it be um and then on top of that you know Fafdu Plasia is a sort of a new captain uh, who's sort of become associated with the franchise but hasn't had that opportunity to play in front of his home fans i think that's been a really a key thing actually for the start of the season is that even though we haven't had those tight finishes you're right i think the, the closest game is probably the first game which even still you know was a relatively comfortable run chase 
But I think that the thing that's made up for that has been the colour that we've seen around the whole tournament, just from the fact that we're back on the, the roadshow, the home and away, rather than playing the whole game in one state or one, uh, you know, one, one, one region, I suppose, like it was when we were in the UAE and then in Maharashtra only last year. Just watching the RCB game, for example, maybe it's my memory that's been clouded now by the pandemic, but I don't remember the crowd being heard so loudly off the TV. I have heard the PA shout and I've heard the PA direct the crowd to give chance and everything, but I have not seen anything. Like, there's that one shot Kohli hit for six. I think Jofra Archer shot for six and that, like, it, I think my TV broke. Yeah, we have time. amped up volume actually. <laughs> uh, you know, we can do that. We can get the ambient sound up. And there's another reason for that ambient sound to be up is we commentators then are not heard properly. And which is, I think, uh, they are getting good feedback that they are not hearing the commentators <laughs> too well. So the crowd noise is adding to the pictures a lot more than us, but obviously kidding. Uh, no, the noise factor has been the same. Uh, even for the Women's Premier League, which we had at CCI, you were there, Vishak. Yeah. And the sound I and mean, the noise from the stands and also there's something about, I think, the audiences that come. They are not sitting there silently and feeling shy to express themselves. So, they are making noise, they are making the excitement known. So, yes, that's something we see quite uh, regularly. Even at the DY Partle, there were 40,000 40, odd people every mm. other game, not just for the Eliminator also. And uh, even in some of the games when Mumbai Indians were not playing in the WPL, there were massive crowds. And I think it must be the, can we call it the positive hangover of the pandemic that after so many like people are going back to theatres as well to watch movies. Yeah. Now they are hungry to watch their And the timing is the uh, key. Yeah. I mean, post 7pm people want to do something, something different rather than just go to restaurants or, you know, where in Mumbai city. Just go there, the weather is good. It's fun, something different. Has that been like the biggest mark change since the last time? It's mainly the crowds. It's been a while since I've watched a TV game and known mm. that, oh, the Indian crowd is standing up and like playing mm. it. And like you might have more experience with that given you've commentated and you've been on the ground in different places. Yeah, you're right. I think must be because I've not actually, you know, put my mind to it whether it's post-COVID effect. But has to be because 50 was uh, matches that we had, the one-day series as well. Uh, when, you know, everything was going in full swing before COVID. We were struggling to fill up the stands for 50 or cricket. People, uh, people mm. were just cooling off uh, one day matches. But this time round, uh, when we were in Vizac and other places, completely full and excitement. So it has to be. Uh, so that tells you, you know, don't give them too much cricket. Take it away from them <laughs> for a while and people will start watching. So uh, getting into the integrity of the tournament, right? Uh, we've had a whole set of new rules coming in and... Uh, it's good innovation. T20 cricket is the one point where people don't mind that if you nudge it here and there and like, uh, it's not traditionalist in a way, it's not test cricket where like, if you do something to it and everyone will react like, oh my god, you're not touching test cricket, right? So, it gives you the license to experiment. I don't disagree with any of the rules. Uh, mm. It makes sense. Impact player, uh, showing the team sheet after the toss makes complete sense given dew is a big factor in India. Uh, reviewing wides and no balls makes sense given we know how very, very close calls like the the Rishabh Pant game from uh, against Rajasthan last year which uh, mm. the, mm. the no ball that took place and Pramin Namne ran into the pitch you could prevent stuff like that right but uh, I feel too many of them have been introduced too soon you could have gone this entire tournament with just say does the impact player rule next year build on it impact player plus uh, say the team sheets and then Team sheets this and then the RS. I think uh, for the impact player rule and the 11s after the toss, I'm completely fine with that. 
it's been 15 years of the IPL. We've hardly seen any such innovative rules come in. We, we saw it in the BBL, we've seen it in the SA20, which was in its first season, still they had that rule. So in the, after 15 years, if you're having such rules which are going to test how well 10 different teams are going to use it, which are not there in BBL or SA20, that makes a lot of sense for me. I was really curious, I've been really curious in the last one week, how a Dhoni is going to use it, how a Hardik Pandya is going to use it. And uh, the one issue I have with reviewing wides and no balls is one day is everything going to fall in the hands of the umpires. I don't know how great or horrible that is. And it also leads to a lot of time being consumed. Although it's within the two reviews being used by each team, still reviewing every no ball and wide that they want, every unsuccessful one, is going to take up a lot of time. The playing 11, announcement of the playing 11 after the toss, I'm wondering why it wasn't there right at the start of, you know, when test cricket started. Because spin of the coin should not decide which team has a significant advantage. It doesn't happen in any other sport, right? In tennis, uh, you know, spin of the coin doesn't give you a big advantage before the game begins or in uh, football as well. But in cricket, it does. Test matches too. So this rule should have been right at the start that, okay, you've lost the toss, looks like a green top, let me get one additional seamer rain or whatever because then you have you know, looking at a green top you have that extra seamer and then you bowl on the third day you know because the other team has batted and got some runs so that makes sense one of the problems that I used to have with the IPL was uh, chasing teams had a solid advantage of at least 20-30 runs so if you were batting first you had to get the extra 20-30 runs because you knew that you was going to make it really easy especially at places like Mumbai you know, where it's uh, impossible to uh, protect 160 or 170. So that way, you know, it was an attempt to neutralize that advantage. So I can see that coming in and IPL needed that not to let a team have such a huge advantage just by spin of the coin. The wides and no balls, I think time is a huge problem. IPL goes on forever. It's a T20 format that should finish off quickly. You know, excitement packed in a short span of time. Uh, reviewing wise, no balls, it takes its time. The umpires are now going up for a lot of things. So at some stage, they'll have to look at how many times the umpire should be allowed to have their own review because they now can go for everything. The moment there's an appeal, they feel the pressure of, you know, not making the decision there and let's go upstairs. So those are issues that you've got to look at. But impact substitute again helps, you know, sort of um, minimize the advantage that comes from the spin of the coin. I actually think as well, one of the really interesting things with impact players is that it hasn't necessarily been, you know, we've not seen that many players who have been involved in those substitutions as such have a huge impact themselves. But I think you have to think as well about the effect that having an extra batter in your order or the option to have an extra batter in your order has on the mindset and the mentality of the top order. And I think we've actually really seen yeah. that in the first innings of games this season is that rather than batting to, let's say, number six or number seven, teams are batting one spot further down to number seven or number eight. And that has really liberated a lot of players to go harder because of the fact that they have that extra player in their side to start with. They know they can go harder. Uh, and therefore, we've seen pretty high scores throughout. I think the average score at this point in the first innings, as we record, is in the high 180s. We've seen, you know, teams... For six overs, we are getting some great mm. scores. For sure, teams, yeah. are, teams are racing out the blocks. And I think that, that creates, you know, we, it, it becomes formulaic and predictable when teams are chasing down scores every time, which has happened in recent IPLs. Um, I think particularly, you know, if you think back to that one in the UAE, Jew um, was a, a huge factor in that uh, in that whole season. Whereas here so far, it's been pretty even split of defending versus chasing. And I think a lot of that has been top orders feeling liberated to attack because they have that extra cushion of batting depth. You think of a team like Rajasthan, 
last year they had Ashwin was carded at number seven. Sometimes he would come higher, but then they had four genuine bowlers from number eight down. Whereas this year, with the impact sub, I don't know exactly how they're going to use it in games, but when they bat first, you'd imagine they'd have an extra batter carded in their 11. So that means that Butler, for example, rather than playing himself in, can go really hard in the power play, which I think is what most people want to see. Um, and then they can sub in a bowler at half time and have just as many bowling options as they did last year. So I think it's been really interesting to me as a sort of T20 nerd, and I think generally to sort of to fans more more widely to see how teams use that differently. And I think so far it's had a pretty positive uh, outcome in terms of how the how how teams have used it and how it's affected play. And also, you know, I'm somebody who wants to see excellence on the field, and I used to always you know, think that there are certain players that get picked, a captain is picking a playing 11 and he wants a bowler in, a spinner in, but he's also concerned about his batting. So he would go for a lesser spinner because he can bat he can a bit. Bat, yeah. So what the fans are seeing is not a great batter, nor a great bowler. You know, there's a term for that, which I don't want to use. So that now has gone on because those kind of players are now, you know, they say, let's not have him. Let's pick the better left arm spinner. And let's pick the bet better batter, which means you see more excellence on the field. I'm always for excellence. But just coming back to your point about if you wanted 11s to be changed in test cricket as well, you mean when you scored those hundreds away from home, you would have preferred to see another fast bowler from Pakistan in the 11? <laughs> apart from Basim Vakar and Akib Javed. <laughs> see, during our time, even two fast bowlers were enough. We weren't trained to play fast bowling that much. There are very few of us. In fact, the biggest challenge that you've got, reminded me of those days, was finding batters who were willing to play and bat in the top order. Uh, forget about the opponents having three or four fast bowlers. Batters just wouldn't turn up. You know, they would suddenly get unfit against the formidable fast bowling opposition. So, yeah. No, we're just looking at the impact there, right? What happens to the all-rounder in the, in the entire set? Given right now, you have someone like a Rajasthan, right? They have bowlers who can bat and... It, the team is rewarded for it. You know? They get more cushion, they get more uh, maneuverability with their talents. The impact player gives the other teams a pass. Hey, like, it's okay if you don't have an all-rounder. It's fine. You don't get penalized for it. Here's like something that levels the playing field in a way. Right? Like, I'm not saying it has diminished the value of an all-rounder, of course, but it has allowed for stuff like uh, Stokes being played as a pure batter if needed. Hmm. Right? Like, he doesn't need to bowl. Like, he can. So that's how you'll get the good all-rounders playing. And those are the kind of all-rounders that you want, really. I mean, the great all-rounders of the past, Ian Botham or you know, Kapil Dev or Richard Hadley, they could walk into a team, any team in the world, as pure bowlers. And then their batting developed and they became you know, great all-rounders. Then we had a trend and England were pioneers or leading that uh, thought of having you know, bowlers who could bat decently and bowl decently. And they packed their teams till number eight of you know those kind of players by having a, a batting depth in their side and when the pressure was on and the bowling was quality of the opposition these kind of batters struggled they were in the team because they could bat a bit so i think you'll see all rounders but only the exceptional kinds talking about england right mm. uh, england's current white ball setup not is... this one i'm talking about the uh, the it is. yeah but now they are going for some quality players yeah but yeah. like even england's current white ball setup right there's enough all-round skill throughout the 11, right? And uh, given how we use the IPL as like a way to uh, pool talent and uh, uh, debut people and see how they perform like in a pressure game. Like someone like a Rajat Patidar last year, we just smashed it and came out of nowhere scoring uh, hundreds and 50 plus scores in like an eliminator game is incredible, right? So the IPL gives 
such players a platform to step up and shine and when they do like the indian team is rewarded for it because this means there are people that can call up to the national side and take the indian team forward in a way all rounders don't get tested as much anyway because they are rare in india and if you bring in something like this is there a case to be made that uh, you will end up uh, focusing on your pure skills to begin with i think there is a case for that but i think if we look at how impact's actually been used in the first week or so of games this season i think that most of the players who can bowl even a little bit are being kept on by their team so you look at that game at the chinnaswami as an example the guy that mumbai decided to take off was actually surya kumar yadav because of the fact he was one of the very few guys in their top order who couldn't bowl a bit so they could easily have subbed off a tilak varma for example as a young guy and kept on the sort of you know i, I guess he's part of their leadership group surya kumar yadav but they opted to take him off because of the fact they knew he wouldn't offer anything with the ball whereas someone like tilak varma gets the whole game because of the fact that he has the option to bowl a bit of spin if required so i think if we look at i i i agree with the point in principle that maybe the there's a sort of shift away from valuing that all-round skill set but i think in terms of how it's actually being used it's basically only specialists who are getting subbed on or off and therefore if you have that extra skill set you're guaranteeing yourself game time because of the fact that you're going to play in both innings so i think yeah i think that there there's a point there in principle but i think what we've seen in the first week suggests that it might not actually play out that way and i think the all-rounders will still get game time Another example is uh, of course Ben Stokes and Sam Curran are exceptional kind of players whether all-rounders or not. The Lucknow Super Giants used a very good uh, impact rule when only for one ball left they mm. subbed out Ayush Badwani and brought in an all-rounder not a specialist bowler and he slammed the last ball six K Gautam and then also bowled four economical overs and they won that match. So he I guess he was there in the plans as a spinner extra spinner to bowl later. and they thought that, that was a brilliant idea he was going to mm. get some anyway but you know why not send him for that one ball because he has the big game too and it's a great thing that he bowled his four overs because he struggled gotham in the ipl uh, since that price tag went up to bowl four overs he bowled four and economically too at this point you can make like an entire 11th team or 11th squad Uh, given how many injuries are taking place, they're all high-profile injuries. With which the five are, impact options. With the five impact <laughs> options, absolutely right. Like they're all high-profile injuries. Will be an impact sub in that. <laughs> yeah, so we are recording this uh, as we learned that uh, Kane Williamson has been ruled out of the tournament entirely and is possibly also going to miss the World Cup. There are a bunch of high-profile injuries uh, that way. Shreya Sir is also missing out uh, on the tournament, and uh, we don't know whether he's going to be fit for the WTC. we came into the ipl knowing that uh, the likes of bumrah and pant won't be a part of it but what is happening here with the players uh, specifically like the ipl now especially given how we just discussed right with the impact player rule coming in it's given teams a bit of a cushion right like they can deal with the injuries and the tournament goes on the cricket is amazing but why is it that uh, players are struggling right now with maintaining fitness is it something that was inevitable given that we're playing so much cricket now and players are just catching up to the crunch that's happened post pandemic where we had like a 6 7 month lull and it's going to take about 2 and a half 3 years we're into the third year now where we're finally going to catch up to the even load that all players will face eventually like is that the case here because it's trying I to think Matt and Vishal would be able to answer that uh, better than me i'll make a quick point on you know couple of guys that impressed us last year and the last ipl i was especially delighted because i thought young indian fast bowlers came to the fore you know there were a lot of exciting young indian talent 
and Mohsin Khan Mohsin was Khan. one, Mukesh Chaudhary was mm. another. Both of them not playing this IPL. That hurts me because these aren't guys who have bowled a lot or had hectic international calendar. Why are they, you know, unfit or what's happened there? So maybe that is a larger, deeper uh, problem. I have no idea. But so one thing that I've <laughs> definitely picked up over the last probably couple of years in English cricket has been that a load of fast bowlers have had stress fractures of the lower back and. The, you know, I, I completely uh, I'm naive. I'm not medically trained, but from my understanding of it, what's basically happened is it's a it's a sort of knock-on effect of the pandemic still. So, you know, if you're a fast bowler, it's all about keeping loads in your bodies. You want to be within a certain range where you're bowling some overs at a certain time. You're not bowling too much, but you're not bowling too little. And what happened with COVID and lockdowns was that, you know, out of necessity. Fast bowlers bowled way too little for that entire period because rather than playing, in England's case, an entire English season of cricket, they played one month right at the end of the, the 2020 summer, uh, then went into a winter where they couldn't travel overseas and basically you know, their, their, the, the bone density was affected as a result of that. Then roll that on a few years' time where people are suddenly back into the swing of things and are playing all the time and are having to cope with you know normal even normal workloads suddenly their bones aren't as well equipped as they should be and therefore that leads to injuries i don't know whether that is relevant for the ipl some players have got stress fractures some players have got freak injuries as well um so i think that's something that's worth bearing in mind and i would say that the one other thing that i think is worth considering is that this is one of those ipls and they you know happen semi regularly where there are there are a few things down the line that teams and players are sort of have in their back of their minds where they're potentially being a little bit more cautious than they would be otherwise. So we mentioned Stokes a couple of times, but Stokes will clearly, um, you know, be thinking throughout this whole tournament about his fitness for an Ashes series at home. As soon as he gets home, he's going to play a test against Ireland, then go into five test matches in six weeks as England captain against Australia. It, you know, it's pro probably a, one of the pinnacle moments of his career, or it could be. So the idea of sort of testing his left knee out too much and, and overdoing it while he's in India, he's, he's going to naturally want to be cautious on that. And I think that we will see a few players, and, and probably have already, be a little bit more cautious because they have things down the line. The obvious other one is the, the World Cup in October, November time. And then for, for some Indian players, you know, the World Test Championship final at the Oval in uh, sort of mid-June, I think it is. Mm, so so that, I think those things are sort of potentially in the backs of players' minds. So sometimes players might be slightly more cautious when they're, when they're thinking about whether or not they want to really, you know, fully commit to an IPL season and throw themselves in. Um, but yeah, I think it, a lot of it is bad luck and freak stuff. And also because of the fact it happens to have been high-profile players in the case of people like Boomer and Treyas and Kane Williamson, um, we, maybe we, there's, a sort of, there's a sort of bias and that they stick in our minds slightly more than they would have if it had been a, an uncapped player who'd been ruled out. Well, I'm also no medical expert, but purely <laughs> on the basis of observations, a couple of injuries, especially for the high-profile India players, they're really freak or unusual as well. You don't get to see them every IPL. Bumrah has played all IPLs since 2013, even if he's missed a couple of matches in between. But it, former fast bowlers and medical experts have also said on various platforms that the way he has been bowling and because of his action and the stress that his body goes through in only those 10 steps, it, he was very injury prone. So unfortunately, it has happened in such a way that he's been out of action for such a long time, missing a World Cup as well. And Rishabh Pants is obviously the most bizarre injury that in a car crash, he's now out of action for so long. We saw him the other day though in yeah. uh, at the stadium. It was great to see him, although with a crutch. But uh, these are really unusual injuries which you don't see every IPL or every two, three years also. 
so that uh, brings me into the question of load management right so many players are coming back from long injuries or nursing niggles and we have we have already mentioned the players that are already missing out of the tournament will we see load management uh, become like the subject that teams will have debates over considering that it's too early right now just a week into the tournament but as in when may comes in and that's like the business end of the tournament and also key international uh, competitions are not that far away like a month month and a half from now so will load management start to become a strategy that players will start getting involved in okay. yeah but i think load management is already being done now we've talked about bumrah getting this injury he hasn't missed much of the ipl but he's also missed a lot of international matches when he was fit he was rested he very rarely i mean we have an image of bumrah bowling in india mohammed siraj and shami have bowled more in india than bumrah so that happens on its own and i think players of certain statures uh, can take that call and also in the crunch games and world test championship finals or you know the world cup i think teams also getting used to playing without a superstar you know without tendulkar was a massive issue then or without sunil gavaskar in the 70s you couldn't imagine an indian team now you had you know important players missing virat kohli uh, played that adelaide test match that india uh loss and went back home and india won the series so that's starting to happen no player is uh, uh indispensable so that setback also is being absorbed better uh, it's something that will i think get uh, resolved organically i just believe that if players want to give ipl uh the preference or top priority i don't grudge them at all and i don't think it's wrong because a player's career is very short and there's not going to be any but he looking after him you know post his playing days and taking care of that uh, particular player so it's something that is happening let's not assume that our, the players of today are playing a lot of cricket let's not forget the when there was no ipl or no t20 cricket or as much one day cricket there were western fast bowlers playing county cricket and that was a very very busy commitment they had during the summer when they were not playing internationally so uh now it seems like there's a lot of cricket but uh, even virat kohli when he said he want uh, you know people said he should be given a break and looked at that time when in the last 3 years he had not played for india about 56 or 60 games you know so everybody in their own way are taking breaks and ensuring that and look at the careers nobody's career is now 10 years good players are having careers of 14 15 16 years so it's all getting uh you know nicely managed by the players themselves and the board is supporting you can't say the board pushing any player to play if he doesn't want to the thing i think will be really interesting as well is that if players do decide later in the tournament that they need to manage their own workload they need to miss games for whatever reason i think it will be that should in theory then reward the franchises that have the best depth and also the franchises that have done best in terms of scouting young indian talent and that sort of thing as potential replacements for some of these bigger names which i think to be honest is a good thing as far as i'm concerned i think it you know franchises should be encouraged to try and spread their talent around a bit rather than loading on a certain number of superstars and then picking up whoever they can find at the mm. cheapest possible price i think if you if if indian players do towards the end of the tournament say you know what i need to skip a couple of games because my knee's not right and i've got the world test championship final in 3 weeks then if the player coming in is someone that they've you know just picked up on a whim at the end of the auction for 20 lakhs or something like that versus if it's someone that they've taken time to scout they've done the trial system they've unearthed the new talent um I think the franchise that sort of put the put the time and effort into 
um, you know, talent development, talent identification is the one that should benefit and I think will benefit. So I, you know, I don't necessarily see it as a bad thing if players do rest because that then builds steps, builds the next generation of players. That goes against the way the IPL is set up right now with the auction, right? Like given how uh, teams aren't really rewarded for scouting. And we, we say that so sure, like Mumbai Indians discovered Bumrah, but like you still had to get him at the auction. Like it's, the cards still had to land in their favour. But uh, fair point. We'll see how like we'll see how the tournament pans out and uh, like to close it all off. I have a question for everybody in the panel. Uh, what do you think is going to be the biggest talking point of the tournament? It could be a player. It could be a tactic. But what do you think is going to be something that everybody's going to look forward to? Is going to talk about as the tournament goes on. Yeah, uh, because I put yeah. my hand up, he's forced to go to me. <laughs> because I I just realized you know what I'm uh, am I looking forward to this? I feel mm. Ben Stokes. Mm. Uh, not just for the price tag, because he's a fantastic player, and we see on the big stage, you know, quality opposition, and you know, when the stage is set for the champion to come to the fore, he comes through. Because I, you know, hold IPL in great regard, it, it's a great tournament. Um, I just want to see how Ben Stokes handles this year, season's IPL, because he's not really taken IPL by storm. And the first few matches that we've seen hasn't quite, you know, started off well. So that could be one of the things that I would look at. Huge Ben Stokes fan, but in Indian conditions, with the different kind of pressure that he have with the IPL, the price tag, plus the crowd. Uh, I just want to see how the champion goes this season. I think uh, we'll see something more unusual from Dhoni, apart from his six hitting thing that we have that we have seen already in the ten balls he's faced. It could easily happen that CSK will reach the playoffs and may not even use the impact player rule in one of those games and still win. Mm. Because he doesn't like to. Yeah, he doesn't like to tinker and what is all this going on? Complicated things. I have a team good enough to win and I will still win and beat the opposition. Mm. I think one of the big debates that will play out over the course of the IPL, which has has been discussed a number of times over the history of T20 cricket, but I think will come into into focus in this season will be the value of the specialist wicketkeeper versus the sort of batter who can keep a bit. Um, I think we'll particularly see that in the example of Delhi Capitals, who in their first game obviously picked Safraz Khan, who was more of a sort of a batter who could keep wicket um, and sort of spilled a couple of chances, was a little bit untidy behind the stumps, versus in their last game they uh, picked a specialist wicketkeeper in Abhishek Perel, um, who... who came in slightly lower down the order and is more of a specialist wicketkeeper who can bat. And I think we'll, we'll see a really interesting debate play out over what the best thing to do is. Do you give it to the batter who can keep a little bit or do you go for the keeper who maybe doesn't offer as much with the bat but is more likely to take those chances? And I think it'll the answer probably varies a bit depending on conditions. Impact, yeah. Well, yeah, and may, maybe, that's, maybe that's an option that Delhi will start to use is rather than you know they'll, they'll pick sort of a, a best a best 11 that they think is balanced for both for, uh, for both both innings of the game and then they'll bring on a specialist keeper off the bench for their bowling innings we'll see see whether that happens uh, my uh, prediction is we are going to see a run out at the non-strikers and that's going to that's going to be in the books it's not going to be taken back it's uh, it's not going to be given a warning I want to see it happen and I honestly I want to see Ashwin do it but if anyone else does it it'll be amazing yeah. And with that, uh, it's a wrap on ESPN Cricket Info Stump Mike. Uh, thank you so much to Sanjay, Vishal and Matt for joining us uh, on this pod. Uh, we'll see you next week. Until then, stay safe and bye.